I feel in a way trapped because I know where I want to go and what I want to do, but I feel like because I don't own a whole lot to justify being my authentic unapologetic self, I feel owned. And that's kind of, that's kind of the reality. I own my time. You own my voice. You own a lot of things that, and I'm getting paid very handsomely for you to own me. And it's just like, this doesn't feel good at all. At all. At all. This is Caesar Walker, the cool, calm, collected one. And I'm Ronnie Gatry, the emotional one. And we are the Tipping Point Podcast, your source for sophisticated ignorance, intellectual stupidity, and well-articulated nonsense. Where are my horns? Walker! We've been Watch to game. I think this is the tipping point. Peace and blessings, beloveds. We want to shout out those of you who are tuning in. Thanks again. Um, shout out to our long-term listeners as well as our first-time listeners. If you're listening for the first time and you're enjoying this sophisticated ignorance, this in- intellectual stupidity, uh, whatever else we, we bring to the table, guys, please, by all means, follow us. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a five-star review. Show us love. Let us know that you're here and are rocking with us. Also, guys, please follow us on social media. Uh, also subscribe to our YouTube page. You can find all of that information, streaming platforms, social media platforms, our YouTube page at a website we own. Get the website is thetippingpoint.com. That's T H A tippingpoint.com. And with that, shall we begin? Um, episode insert number here. Do you know what number it is, Gat? I have no idea. 82, maybe, if I had to guess, but I'm not even confident. Maybe, maybe 80. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But anyway. Point. We're here. We're back. Another week. Gatry, how are you? Well, do you want the bad news or the good news first, Walker? That's a bigger question. Um, I, you know, usually people start with the bad news first and then okay. on, on a lighter note. Well, listeners, I'm sorry you have to hear this, but this is our last podcast recording. For the month of June. This might actually be our last podcast. <laughs> if you no, gonna keep that up, this is our final podcast for the month of June. Uh, <laughs> yes, dude, I dreamed that. Yuck. I dreamed you that up in gross. my head, and it delivered uh, on point. So anyway, no Walker, dude. Ooh. Man, um, I'm going to say this. I had a hot take last week about Father's Day. This hot take is really hot. So just 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 walk with me here. This week was the best week I've had all year. Okay. And why was it? Here's why it's a hot take. Because this week did not involve my kids. Okay. So um, if you've listened to our prior episode, you know, I was kind of down in the dumps about father's day and how everything kind of transpired or whatever. Um, it turned out, turns out I had a really solid father's day. Um, but we ended up taking our boys to my in-laws and, um, long story short, my boys did not want to leave. So, um, we just kind of, we kind of, you know, chunk deuces and got up out of there thinking, okay, we'll come back Monday to go get them. 
And um, yeah, we didn't hear from our boys until I think Thursday at the earliest. Like my mom was calling her parents and she was like, hey, can I can I at least hear their voices? Nope, nope, nope. We got this, this, this and this going on. Uh, talk to you later. Love you. Bye. Boom. You know, she was getting nothing from her parents. So um, but but what what was so fulfilling for me, Walker, was just that my wife and I really had time to really reconnect, man um you you know and and i'll share a little bit uh you know with with kids being brought into the equation our marriage has taken on a different uh different look or different feel um and i'm i'm guilty of it as well but um in terms of priorities you know it's it's so it's so funny how kids just kind of creep their way up and then other things like you know put pouring back into your marriage and you know the, the husband and wife element just kind of fall by the wayside so um, it has been a struggle for us. I'm, I won't share any details. I'm sure anyone that's been married with kids understands a little bit what I'm talking about. Um, but no, man, it, it was just so spur of the moment. And uh, we just kind of took that bull by its horns. And it was so weird because on the way back, on the way back here Sunday afternoon, it was just kind of like, well, <laughs> who's that over there? And, I'm, and she's looking at me like, well, who's that over there? And then we're looking at, we're both looking at the back of the car seats, like where, where the kids go? You know, <laughs> we just had this, I know I had this feeling like, uh, okay, I got to turn around and get the kids because this is awkward. And it, I, I, I hate to admit that, but it was just like, we were both awkward. Like the first 30, 35 minutes of the trip, we didn't say much to each other. Super weird, right? So, um, you know, I was trying my best not to bring up the kids because I didn't want my wife to get all, you know, touchy feely about the kids and, you know, encourage me to turn around or discourage me, <laughs> I should say. But um, but no, man, after after that, I kind of just broke the ice and um, I said something stupid like, hey, my name's Ronnie. You know, nice to meet you. I've heard good things about you. You know, <laughs> got got a smile on her face. And then, you know, we just kind of carried on. And, and Walker, I'll say this, man. Uh it, you know, you know, it, my, my wife is telling me every night, you know, hey, you know, I, I haven't heard much from the boys that, you know, I miss them. Da, da. And, you know, as as Wednesday, Thursday and Friday happen, it's because because I think in our mind we were going to go Friday after work and go get them. So um, I got off a little early. Uh, she got off a little early. We were there. And it was like, hey, yeah, hey, you know, I asked her, hey, you ready to go get the boys? She was like, uh, no, I actually want to go try this place. I hear they're doing curbside. And so I was like, okay, we'll, we'll go, we'll go get curbside food. We'll eat. Then we'll, they'll head up there to go get them. No big deal. And then on the way to picking up food that night, um, it was like, Hey, you know, I really want to see this movie, you know, and then we got a good chance to see, and this is, this is her, you know, I'm like, okay, so, so we'll get this food. We'll go home, watch this movie real quick. And then we'll head up North to go get the boys. Right. And it's like, okay, cool, cool, cool. So then we watched that movie and then um, something about Britney runs a marathon or whatever. It's actually a pretty good movie on Amazon Prime. Um, so then we watched that and then uh, I see the Nas Illmatic uh, documentary. And so I just I just kind of hit it. And I was like, my wife's not going to like this because it's Nas, it's hip hop, it's, you know, whatever. And my wife's, my wife's just not into that. So I turn it on and we both find ourselves like lost in this very gripping documentary on Nas and the, the Illmatic. Is it pretty album. good? Because I it, have seen that. Man, Walker, this, it was so good. I thought, I, I, did, I knew I didn't know everything about Illmatic, but um, I, I learned a lot about one of, I, I, easily one of my, one of the best hip hop albums I've ever heard. Um, but yeah, so we end up watching that and, you know, I end up kind of educating her on Nas. And then next thing you know, Spotify gets fired up and we got Nas tracks going and it's just like, okay, look, 
after this track we'll, we'll go load up in the car i know it's late but you know we're, we're, we're good i load up in the car we'll go up north and go get the boys real quick <laughs> <You know? laughs> but anyway um north to birmingham <laughs> Nah, so uh, so needless to say, like our initial plan to go get on Friday uh, didn't work out just because, you know, it was kind of non-verbally expressed that we were really, each of us were really enjoying our time together and we knew it was coming to an end. But, um, you know, it was just like, okay, if we can squeeze one more night in, like the boys are good, they can have one more night. So, man, we woke up Saturday, went to exercise together. We haven't done that in years. I did Zumba class, Walker, I was out there shaking my tail. Um, <laughs> sorry for the visual, but uh, but but alongside my wife, my wife does Zumba regularly, and she was like, "Hey, you wouldn't be interested in Zumba, would you?" I'm like, "Would you? I I I do Roomba." <laughs> anyway, Walker, uh, an incredible weekend. This is terrible. <laughs> incredible weekend. Incredible week. All together, I am just emotionally on fire. Um, feel revitalized, not only um, as a husband, as a father. You know, when we got the boys yesterday, and when I saw them, I realized how much you know I miss them, and you know I was expecting them to be all about mommy. But um, you know, YG comes up and he's like, "Daddy, I missed you," and you you know what that did to me already. So once I cleaned up the tears, and we we just kind of went ahead and did our thing. I don't care. I cry, Walker. I'm not not ashamed of it. Uh, especially because of my boy yg what anyway uh so great week uh cool weekend and, and walker let me say this one thing uh that that i noticed and i call i called my wife out on this morning but saturday the plan the first plan was to you know go go do zumba come home shower up and then go hit the road and then it, that turned into um you know kind of strolling around the neighborhood when we got back you know uh looking at looking at homes and things like that um and then that turned into oh let's let's go to let's go to eugene's i think we went to then you know like oh we'll, we'll get it to go or we'll get it curbside and we'll drive up and we end up sitting there eating and just continuing these this series of gripping conversations man and it was just i i can't i can't ex, i can't express it enough that feeling of both of us non-verbally really saying hey you know we want i want to hold on to this time more of this time together this is valuable so anyway um I'm in a really good zone. I'm not on cloud nine. I'm not on a cloud, literally. Um, I'm just, uh, that was for you, Walker. Did you see what I did there? Um, Unfortunately. <laughs> the dad jokes are incessant. <laughs> but no, um, super, super good week, Walker. Uh, great weekend. Uh, but enough about me. What's going on with this dreaded guy across the internet from me? By dreaded, he means I have on um, have dreads. I'm getting reverb. Can you hear? I cannot hear, hear any reverb. Okay. Um, I'm good. I'm doing well. Can't complain. Uh, good week. I'm happy that you had and turned out to have a good Father's Day week. Thanks, Walker. That, right? Thank you, bro. Um. So yeah, I'm very excited for you in that regard. I had a good week for the most part. Still losing weight. Okay. Are we taking it there? Yeah, okay. I am. Uh, I'm back. Updates. I'm back in like 99% of my clothes. Okay. So I'm happy about that. That's not bad. Walker. With no, no place to go, but I can get back in my clothes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you can still get fresh on it virtually. 
I guess. <laughs> Live a little like, longer. Come on, it. man. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm doing I'm doing good in that regard. So I'm, I'm I'm happy. Walker, listen to me, man. I know you don't listen to a lot of what I say, but dude, if my wardrobe was like yours, they wouldn't know what to do with me, bro. I just I, I mean that, dude. I'd be on Facebook well, Live. You. I'd be on Facebook Live every ten minutes. Like, you know, ain't nothing going on. This is this whole thing in the closet. <laughs> That's so oh, hard, Walker. <laughs> um, but no, I'm I'm good, bro. I'm, I'm doing well. I've been been kind of you know thinking this past week. You and I had an interesting conversation in the middle of the week uh, that I hit you with, and, and it made me kind of think. We did. I don't even remember me talking to you. <laughs> I know you've been on a high, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> right, you been a, you really, yeah. It's all right, um, sorry, Walker. <laughs> dude, I really do hear like an echo for me. Well, it's not coming over here, which means it won't come over on the recording. So that's your West okay. Side equipment. <laughs> you know. I'm happy you're in a good mood. <laughs> I don't know if I'm happy you're in a good mood. You're kind of annoying when you're in a good mood. Sorry. Usually it's when you're in a bad mood that you tend to be annoying. <laughs> generally speaking, but you, it's like, I like depressed gatry. <laughs> Selfishly, you know what I mean? You don't want your friends to be depressed. I think I, I like depressed gatry. I think this gatry here is a bit much. A healthy, ha happy gatry is doing too much. <laughs> a healthy, is happy gatry is an extra gatry. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know if I need any more of that. So, Walker, it's hard to turn off. That that West Side joke, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> Anyway, go on to the, this conversation you you say what, we had what, allegedly. What was I talking about? You said what we, we said we talked. I don't remember talking to you. But anyway, go ahead. Keep humoring me, I guess. So I don't think it's a hot take. I don't think it's a hot take at all. But it's interesting to kind of hit your own epiphany on things. I don't think it's possible to be part of a corporation, to be in corporate America in a book in an entirely different industry and be outside of that industry a authentic content creator we did talk about this was that this week i thought that was last week that was, well last week that's okay. what we're talking about the week oh, that you didn't have the look boys at, look at you being all educated um <laughs> sorry i can't i just you can't help it yeah i know <laughs> No, I do remember us talking about this. Um, I'm, I'm limited on the details I can present, but um, I can I can do that. Okay, well then you, you go then. I'll I'll just sit over here and try to hold it together. <laughs> try it hard, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I really am happy for you, but oh my god. <laughs> um, no, what I realize is that. You know, you're part of a corporation and and I'm getting into like ownership, whether you own stocks, real estate, your own business or whatever. 
you know, shout out to a gentleman named Boyce Watkins, who talks a lot about, you know, being financially independent and, and owning your own. And one of the things that I've heard people like him and others say is that you, you have more leeway when you own things and it's either own or be owned. Mm. And what it really dawned on me in the past few weeks is that, you know, I had a, an, a I want to say a coworker, coworker kind of implies more personal, like we actually work together, but someone from my company got fired uh, about a week or two ago for something they posted on social media, right? Now, I don't know this person, I'm not friends with this person, so I don't know what was actually posted. But, you know, we talked a lot in the past about cancel culture. And oftentimes you think cancel culture, we think celebrities, right? I think we, you know, people tried to cancel Lecrae a few weeks ago. We've seen people want to cancel Jay-Z. J. Cole. Um, J. Cole. Like we see people try to go at celebrities. So we know that's a thing, but it's interesting when cancel culture begins to make its way towards everyday people. Right. And one of the things we do, you know, from a society standpoint, we don't really want to have conversation. We just want to get outraged and react to people who use are different from ours. And where that leads me to thinking, Gatry, is if we're going to be an authentic content creators, what does that really mean for us in this new normal? You know what I mean? Because I think for the most part, we are clean. And I don't even think that's intentional. I just think people can listen to us and hear a genuine authentic conversation like you know we don't use profanity like even when we have guests on they're like can we curse or can i curse and i i tell them the same thing i tell everyone um i want you to be yourself (laughs) because gatcher and i are going to be ourselves regardless we're going to be comfortable so we want you to be comfortable being you and i think because of how we we talk you know you you ever heard people try not to curse in their conversation yeah yeah and it just doesn't it feels forced it doesn't feel you know what I mean? And then then conversely, I know with me, when I try to use profanity, it sounds awkward. And so it's just because it's not how you talk. <clears throat> right, right. So. so so what I what I love about our conversations is that it's authentic. Right. And so I think for the longs of time we have been very clean for the most part. But what is leading me to think is that once we really begin to take our podcast to the next level and really begin promoting it. What does that mean? Because everyone has an opinion. Like we're not a niche podcast, right? right. Like we talk about societal, talk about last week's current events and we actually give our authentic opinions about it. Everyone, I don't care what your religious beliefs are or what kind of value system you have. We all have an opinion about something that goes against the majority you know what i mean we have we all have a hot take or something like whether it's me and my opinion about feminism overall or how you you know and i'm thinking of past conversations how you felt about listening to r kelly's music despite the allegations against him like we all have opinions that go against popular thought and i'm i'm wondering what does that mean for a content creator like a good example of what i'm talking about is jamel hill i think that's the best example we can use she was working for the worldwide leader was doing very well in her profession and because she was being her authentic self on twitter 
it led to her having issues with her employer, right? They own her time. They own, you know, a lot of their, their, um, yeah, uh, their IP, their intellectual property, the whole nine. And so for Jamel to speak her mind, it was representative of her company, ESPN. And so Jamel got to a point to where for her to be her authentic self, she had to walk away. And shouts out to her and Carrie Champion. You know, they now have a show called The Disruptors on Vice TV. I don't know if you've heard of it, but uh, they landed that and they can be their authentic self. So it's almost like to be in that space, you have to either own your own stuff and have or have multiple streams of income or align yourself with companies that support you speaking freely or that provide a space for that. I don't know currently that I'm positioned to be able to do that. Now, I intend to do that. I intend to uh, continue to do what we've always been doing. But as we begin to really, because I, I love our product and we are, we have, we've been getting a lot of positive feedback from people who aren't our regular listeners about our podcast. So I just want to know what's your thoughts, man, moving forward, like for us to be our authentic selves and speak freely in our, in our space, everything we say, you know, is going to be out there. It's going to be, it's going to be our statements and we're going to be judged by it. What are your thoughts on, on, on this reality? Well, Walker, I, <clears throat> I do agree. The, um, this reality does, does position, position us and the growth of our podcast in a really weird weird space i guess um but you know i guess with every episode for me i get i get more and more with my um i don't know what term i'm trying to use but i i kind of get more and more comfortable with me on air you know um I, you, you know, as, as we've, as you've seen in our catalog, I, I've shared a lot about myself personally. It's, it's no mm-hmm. different than I am with the microphones, not here. You know, if, so, if, so, if, if a topic comes up and, you know, it's about insecurity, you know, I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to talk about my own struggles. I've never, I've never really had any hesitance to do that. Um, but conversely with, um, especially right now, the times we're in, in terms of like, you know, uh, the racial climate. I just, I, I don't know, Walker. I just, I felt so empowered by the conversations I've had off air and even the ones we've had on air. And I've gotten more value in my voice. And, uh, you know, I'll be honest, when we had that conversation, I never once thought about how my employer would take my my comments. I never thought about that. Now, um, our, my employer is structured a little differently. We're, we, we, we have a... I guess we have an organizational presence, if you will, but we've got the heartbeat of a mom and pop, right? So um, it, it leads to at least to a lot of flexibility, a lot of freedom. Uh, but I just, I just don't think we have the powers that are just like you know, peering at everything you're doing socially, and you know, really, really uh, challenging you to maybe alter your message or think about your message. We, we don't really have that. But um, I've just. I, I know for me personally, I've just come to a point to where I've gotten so much. And this podcast has been been like it's been like the saving grace for me because I've become so comfortable in my own skin because of this. And I'm just like this. This is who I am. I, I don't 
I don't feel like anything I'm saying is threatening. I don't think anything that I'm saying or presenting puts um, puts our organization in a in a um, compromising position or anything like that. So to me, it's just kind of like uh, I'm going to just do me over here, you know, and I, I've really and it's funny. I was talking to my wife about this as early as week. I really got to the point to where, like, I've gotten so comfortable if my views um, if, if, if the if, if my employer doesn't like my views or def, or doesn't really understand or accept my views and that leads to termination, so be it. You know, it's like it's I can't allow it to change me. You know, you 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 employ me, okay, great. But I mean <laughs> I've worked I've worked really hard to get where I am. I'm sure you know, I've I, I can work to find somebody else who appreciates the authentic Ronnie. Um, one one other thing, Walker. I, I don't want to ramble here, but I have to leave this here. Going through the process of being laid off from an organization where I thought I was going to finish my career has done a lot with the inner workings of Ronnie. Be, being uh, being blessed to to uh, recover from that, and I think improve and enhance what I bring to the table since then empowers me too to be like okay well if this doesn't work for you cool you know I, i've gone through this enough times to where i know i can pivot and find something else you know and it's it's okay we can both win so yeah that's that's long-winded but that's those are my thoughts i don't know if that answers your question or not no it, it, it's not necessarily like i just want to know how you feel about it your oh, your, well, your take and your approach walker you're not gonna like what i say about this right and and my um actually my shout out is kind of kind of kind of deals with this but we we do i think we as society social citizens as I, as i call them excuse me we do hold people in a high regard i give you an example you know if if uh and this is this is very hot but i'm just coming out with it um no because it's gonna give away my my stuff for the end dang it but we, we call for action. We call for action. We call for people to be disciplined or even terminated from their roles if they say something that that doesn't really sit well with us. That is a, kind of the cancel cultures you talked about earlier. I believe we all contribute to that. I believe we all we all desire that because we know, you know, if you if you step out of line, at least in my point of view, if you're not given a lesson and that lesson being, you know, you being taken away from your job. How are you really gonna? How you how are you gonna really learn from it? You know, let's take your let's take your finance, your income streams away, and then you'll learn your lesson, and maybe you'll be a better individual on the other side of it. I believe we all subscribe to that. Do, would you agree with that? Yeah, I, I I do, but I think here's where it becomes a problem: is who decides what's right or wrong? Well, now that I don't have in the some answer of these to. conversations. That that's a good point, and I don't have the answer to that. That's that's a really good See, point. See, if, if I say something that's, and I don't think we've done this, right? But if we come out and say something that's just black or white is wrong, right? And there's nothing to counteract, but even if, even if you do challenge me and I stand my ground in saying something that's wrong, like if I say something very defamatory towards white people or towards women or towards the LGBTQ, which, you know, we have not done that. Right. Of course, like, I think that's an easier thing to agree with. But what about those gray areas? And you got to remember, we're talking week after week after week. <laughs> and there's going to come a time where we talk about those gray areas, right? All right. If I am critical about 
of feminism or if I am critical about something that I see in a particular community that I'm not a part of, what then? Mm. Right? Right. Even if I feel I'm being objective, people in that group may not agree with that and will want me held accountable. So do I get fired? Like you go again, Jamel Hill. Jamel Hill called Trump white supremacist. Did she call him a white supremacist? I yeah. think. Oh yeah. Um, it could even be true, but because of the backlash that she got from that, look at the friction that was between her and her job as a result of that. And my thing is the ability to speak your mind and be your yourself. Yes, to your point, like, uh, and and what I will say to you, to your point, and it's not, and, and hear me when I say this, like, I have not been where you are. Like, I've never been laid off in my professional career. You know what I mean? I've been kind of ascending. So it's almost like I have further to fall. Uh, should that, that should that happen yeah. so it's almost a, a fear of heights mm. from a professional standpoint as I climb that ladder I don't have a parachute or anything to assist me on the way down so I have to be very careful about this tight rope that I'm walking does that make sense that makes that makes perfect sense actually and so and I guess that's what because my thing is I'm not changing but it's almost like two things I'm realizing is that number one, I have to understand the difference between intent and impact, right? I can intend to communicate something, but if I don't communicate it in a right way, then the impact from what I've said will be what people respond to as opposed to my intent, right? Like if I say, Classic example. I was trying to use an example when we was talking about the last dance about Phil being the best coach, basketball coach, right? And I tried to make a point using Bill Belichick. My intent was to say something, but the impact triggered a completely different response from you and some of our listeners, right? So what I'm learning to is as I'm developing my thoughts throughout the week, I need to be able to assess, okay, how do I get my intent across to the people so that when an impact is made it lines up with my intention mm. okay you know what i mean yeah so i have to manage my emotions when we're talking about racial issues and talking about whatnot like i have to be i have to make sure that what i am intending to say the point i'm intending to make gets properly communicated and usually between you know you and not us knowing each other we know where our hearts are. If we can match our intent with the impact, it's less likely that you'll have those types of responses from people who don't see eye to eye with you, gotcha. right? At the same time, you're gonna upset people. Like I've seen it with every person with a major platform have ticked people off. So I think even with that, Gatry, I understand the necessary need to kind of protect yourself by owning some things from a real estate standpoint, owning like I own stocks and they've been doing really well in this, this pan during this pandemic, but I, there's more I need to do because, you know, I have a, my wife is depending on me, you know what I mean? And so even in her voicing her concerns, 
she wants to make sure, hey, I, I know you have a lot of strong opinions. You're, you feel passionate, and uh, she loves the podcast, but she's like, hey, uh, don't hurt that direct deposit or, you know, make sure we're okay. You know what I mean? And it's like, I hear you, but it's almost like I have to stop recording. And, it's, it's, and it's, I don't want to do that. It's hard for me based on the reality that you just reminded me of, of where you are professionally. You want to do well. You want to ascend. You know, I, I, I don't think it's wrong to want that. Uh, but, I, you know, one thing that I that I factor into that is what does Caesar Walker go through in terms of a mental health perspective by just kind of not not suppressing your voice? But maybe being overly concerned about how your voice is, how your how your voice is received to the to the listening public, like that's got to that's got to be having that's got to be causing some warfare here, right? Just recently, because okay. I really haven't had to worry about it. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, and it really hit me when my uh, after what I mentioned with with person at my job being fired. That prompted a conversation with my group and our management. And they were very, they reminded us about policies they put in place about social media. Now I'm not on social media a lot, um, but when we are on social media moving forward, guess what we're going to be promoting? Podcasts. Uh, yeah. So right. I begin to think about, okay, <laughs> now I have to really think through on this and I have to decide what's important. Now, again, it was never my intention to remain in corporate America, but it's just in the past, it's just in a short time, Gatry, since in a very short time since we started doing this podcast, I have ascended so fast in some areas and have an opportunity actually to continue ascending, which is crazy. So I'm like, my goodness, like I'm, I feel... I feel in a way trapped because I know where I want to go and what I want to do, but I feel like because I don't own a whole lot to justify being my authentic unapologetic self, unapologetic self, I feel owned. You know what I mean? And that's kind of, that's kind of the reality. I feel owned. Like you own my time, you own my voice, <laughs> you own a lot of things that, and I'm getting paid very handsomely for you to own me. And it's just like, this doesn't feel good at all. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so that's kind of, that's kind of just being introspective. Like I understand like the Joe Rogans and, and these guys like who are full-time content creators because I'm able to partner with companies that want me to be myself because they understand the value in those who are following me like I have a following right so it's kind of hard to move me off my square when I've established myself as such I don't think it's possible to be a part of a corporation who has no interest in being a voice for the culture uh, and do what I do mm -hmm. so I have a lot to think about just myself and you know in a, that regard a lot of that really it's easy for us to say, but I think a lot of that is the responsibility of the corporation in terms of becoming more aware of the culture, you know, um, and, and, and really understanding. And it goes back to your to your riveting question of who ma who makes this de these decisions and what are they based upon? 
you know right so man this is tangled but dude that ownership take though oh you hit me in the soul with that yeah yeah but it, it's like, real it's, and, it, and it's not slavery because i think that's a that's lazy i think i think it's intellectually lazy to refer to as slavery that's because, a reach that's a reach because you have a choice you can walk in and quit tomorrow yeah right i can quit tomorrow right. and i've never heard of slaves taking trips and going on vacation <laughs> you know what i mean like let's not that. But, 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 but being owners but being owned by your corporate like they own like in and a lot of the things that they expect of us they expect even when we're we've left the building mm. we've clocked out we've taken off that's how my that's how you know the, the the person who was at my job that happened when they were not at work apparently okay so you know being owned like they they own you your yeah. voice everything so yeah. It's especially in this social media space, it's like now you have to be a lot more calculated if you wish to continue to be a part of this entity. I I guess I guess I want to challenge what does it look like if if it's a little more if it's a little more if, if it's a little less restricted like what does that look like and is because because i'm trying i'm trying to step in the shoes of the organization and it's so quick now to link um viewpoints of people employed by company x to the values of company x it's so we're, we're in that we're in that extremely easy to reach culture you know it's just like oh well you know ronnie works for mcdonald's and ronnie thinks that you know all ferrari should be red mcdonald's thinks every ferrari should be red you know and it's just kind of like whoa you know so so let's think about what it looks like on the other end let's just say okay you know we do that we do the classic uh you know what you, you you probably don't watch infomercials but you know that there's a there's a there's no, a i do not <laughs> There's a disclaimer that I know you've heard at some point in your life to where like the 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 feelings and opinions of these people don't reflect. Uh, Do da, not da, da, reflect da. Right. It's it's right. short. We all know what it is, but I don't think it's said enough. And 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 honestly, I'm thinking, what if organizations such as the one one that you work for were to adopt this and really like push that to their uh, their employment base? Well, you run the risk of getting, you know, a lot of ideas from people or a lot of statements from people saying these type of things and a lot of statements from people saying these types of things. And even though you put that disclaimer out that says, you know, that, that doesn't represent us, you know, we're just giving everybody their First Amendment right. It can still, you know, it could it still has the potential to boil up and it, and it ends up, I think, diluting your your business prospect, because at the end of the day, this organization wants to conduct business. That's why we have policies because we don't want riffraff, you know, to uh, to obfuscate our our primary goal of conducting business. It's about dollars for a lot of these organizations. So, Absolutely. Um, so it, I just it, it hurts me to think. What does it look like if an organization like that lifts that and just says, "Everybody, come in and say what you want to say. Just just get your work done." That could be scary. They get canceled. Hmm? They get canceled. They get canceled. That's that. I don't agree with that. Kind of, kind of with you. I don't agree with that. Right. Because I mean, again, I've seen people lose their jobs, and I'm like, 
Did it really have to go there? Right, right. It, you, you know, know what I mean? You but, know, we, 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 we talk about, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm slightly pivoting here, Walker, but we talk about the prison system a lot. And it's so easy to compare uh, U.S. prison system to those in other countries. I think, I think of, um, I think it's Sweden. It could be Sweden or Switzerland. Um, but, you know, their prison system looks totally different. You know, it's Sweden. more of a, is it Sweden where it's more like corrective actions are given out in terms of awareness and a re- reconciliation, right? Instead of, you know, it we're going to be Switzerland. Okay. But I know Sweden is different though. Sweden well, is a little different. Well, instead, instead of saying, well, hey, Ronnie, you know, um, you, you, uh, you committed armed robbery. Um, so our, our, our judicial system says, you need to go to this prison for at least 20 years, do your time. And then, you know, we're just going to throw you back out there if you're a good prisoner. You know, and I feel like um, I really I really should know this, but I, re- I really feel like it, it, either for Sweden or Switzerland, there's more corrective. There's more reconciliation. There's more restorative actions like, OK, let's get them access to mental health uh, professionals. Let's find out, find out there's why. There's a rehabilitation process. Yeah, rehab. That's what I mean, is meant to say. Let's find out what led you, Ronnie, to, to want, and I'm saying that I have not committed armed robbery. Obviously, I would not be here if I had. Um, but um, let, figuratively speaking, um, let's, let's ask, you know, hey, Ronnie, what is it that led you to that? Do you have some anger? Do you have some aggression? And, in, and instead of just throwing somebody in a box and just le- watching them rot away, to their time as time comes up you're rehabbing them in the meantime thus throwing somebody not throwing but putting somebody else back into society a more whole or a better person right where was i going with that yeah yeah, yeah. what i think i get what you're saying is instead of just casting people away and leaving them there you're actually dealing with what caused them to say or behave that way in the first place right and and and, and what what if we as a society took that approach as opposed to casting them away and canceling them i feel i feel kind of guilty because i do believe in that and i feel like a hypocrite again but i do believe in that and at the same time i believe in like y'all you, you gotta you gotta make an example out of somebody if they step out of line is it a case by case basis? It's, it absolutely is because we know some things are just wrong. We know we know some right, narratives are right. just wrong, right? Um, right? We know that, and but the, the but the the gray area things again. Someone at the top has to has to you know manage that. And who is that person? And like, what are their beliefs? What it's it's tangled, Walker. But right. at the end of the day. You should not. Ne- you should never, as a as a citizen of the U- United States of America, you should never have the feeling of being owned by an organization. I understand it, and I, and, and I agree with your sentiments, but I think it's wrong that you feel that way because it's just like, yeah, we 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 want you to be this. We want you to be employee number eight nine one, and eight eight nine one comes into work at eight o'clock, and he leaves at five o'clock, and he doesn't have any social life. Not that we know of, at least. But if he does, we're going to be looking at that too. And if he if he goes out of line, we're going to have to get re- no, no, man, that's not America. It shouldn't be America, right? Right, right. Sorry, I'm getting turned up over here. But I mean, to, to, it, you have you make a good point. Like, at what point do we draw the line and allow people once they've left our place of business, allow them to be themselves? Right. Right. Like, if I want to talk about if let's say we want to talk about white supremacy for the remainder of the year and go hard on it, is that okay? You know what I mean? Yeah. And so 
we, it's okay to us because we're reminded of it every day, right? It's no sweat off our back. But what if one day we we step on the wrong toe? Mm. What happens then? What happens, yeah. We're at the mercy of you know? one individual who thought we went left. Right. We almost, it's and like we don't get a takes. trial. Yeah, we, <laughs> we don't and get to defend ourselves. We don't get to say anything. That's all it takes. So, and again, to your point, I don't agree with it, but here we are. As content creators, here we are. I just and don't so know what the solution is, Walker. I told you the two things that I'm going to do. I'm going to work to get off to, to not be owned. Well, at least by a corporation that has a different agenda than I do. And I think that's what it, it when you talk about a cultural fit, like that's as people like I was a great cultural fit a few years ago. But as I'm beginning to get comfortable with my voice and speaking truth to power in some regards, I could eventually find myself to not be a cultural fit. Mm-hmm. So True. what do I do with that? I, I find or I, I either create a new culture of my own or I, or I join myself with a company or corporation whose values and culture matches mine. So when I speak freely, like the Joe Rogans, the Joe Buttons, the, you know what I mean? When I speak freely, it's all good. All right. Yeah, you get some pushback. Yeah, there'll be some people out in, in the world who won't agree and have problems with it, but I'm part of a culture that allows me to speak comfortably and freely without any blowback. So I think that's where, that's where I have to head and, you know, we know there are podcasters who listen to us. Ask if 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 you're not full time doing your own thing, like we might want to start. Like this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to start looking for ways to supplement what I'm making on my job. There you go. In the event that something goes left, I'm good. I'm I, that's my parachute. If I'm being pushed off of that ladder and I've climbed the highway up, uh, I have a I have a I have a soft landing. Right. And I won't get hurt. So, hmm. Very compelling, Walker. Great conversation, but I would expect no different from you. <laughs> and I think that range true for people who chooses to engage on social media. Period. You know what I mean? And there are a lot of people who post memes, post things. I de- like you're out there too. If mm. you if you wish to engage in social media and be a part of that world. They're monitoring. I mean, again, someone who used to work in my job got canned because of something they posted. So it's just, it's interesting if you really are, a lot of us have been passionate over the past few weeks as to what has happened with George Floyd, Breonna Taylor and whatnot, and addressing the underlying issues and conditions that have led to black people being at the forefront of of coronavirus cases and passing and whatnot and police brutality. Like if you're gonna address those issues socially online, just be mindful of the culture you're a part of. Mm. And if their values don't align with yours, you have some tough questions to ask. Do you feel comfortable being your authentic self? And many black people, if we be honest, we don't. Yeah, because it's the way society is structured now. Yeah, so. Heavy stuff there, Walker. 
Anywho, um, I need you to stay up. Okay. Because I'm, I'm starting to like you again. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's move on to discuss the trash, bro. Yes, sir. Let's do that. Um, who you want first, Walker, or what? No, um, let me let me, let, let me no let me get at this thing first because I I gotta I gotta eat crow a little bit on this one, okay? Um, okay. <laughs> Jefferson County, Alabama right um we've seen we've seen a spike in uh covid19 cases since can i get comfortable real quick let me get comfortable real quick but why before why you set this up let me get comfortable to hear this you should i just put my ear to the mic no. or all you, you want to speak louder all you need to do is let me know when you're ready for me to continue that's all you got to do give me about hold on give my water take a swig All right, I'm ready. Okay. All right. We're back. <laughs> um, seen a spike of uh, COVID-19 cases since um, since our Memorial Day or the end of May. Um, Jefferson County is then in a knee-jerk reaction mandated that uh, recording on a Sunday tomorrow at 5 p.m. They're mandating face masks for uh, the, for the, the public. Um, discuss the trash walker. Uh, discuss. Okay, so Walker, um, you know, I, one of our listeners challenged me and I'm said, "I'm never trashing this. I'm never trashing this." By the way, with how you open this up, <laughs> one of my one of our listeners uh, challenged me a while back to say, um, "Hey, hey, Gat, you're you know, y'all y'all bring some good points, but substantiate some of your points with data." So, um, I'm not I'm not a numbers guy, but I'm going to do that to appease him and you, Walker. So, Walker, in just this last these last two weeks alone, the Department of Health in Jefferson County has reported that they've tested six, roughly sixty four thousand people. Of those sixty four thousand, there have been thirty six hundred confirmed cases with one hundred and thirty three deaths. These 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 are these are in the past two weeks, Walker. One hundred and thirty three deaths in the past two weeks. Yeah, I, and and. I was reading it right off the website. I got these numbers, but I had to keep looking like really in the past two weeks for real, just in Jefferson County, bro. So um, anyway, w- but but I understood because when I started ingesting these numbers, I'm like, OK, this is why there's such a knee jerk reaction to put a mask on everybody. Right. Let me go. ahead. Let me right. let me go ahead and confess my sins real quick to get them out of the way. Um, while I do wear a mask when, um, you know, when I'm going to the grocery store, uh, you know, Costco is one of my favorite stores. You're not getting in there without a mask. So no big deal there. Uh, I've been I've been relative relatively liberal um, with with my mask wearing. Uh, I, I can recall a time my wife and I went to dinner and, uh, you know, we discussed it. And it's like, do, you, do we wear a mask while we eat? Do we not go out? And we just you know, we made the decision to go out anyway. And we didn't bring our mask, you know, but, you know, I, th- I think about. And this is before I knew the mandate, but this past this past Friday we went to go pick up dinner. Um, it was supposedly curbside, but you still had to go. You had, you had to enter the facility. And Walker, you're you're familiar with Pazitz, right? Yeah, Pazitz Food Hall. So that's where we went. That's, yeah, that's where I went to pick up the meal. And so, dude, I walk in there and I got my mask on because you know I just I just felt like there could be a lot of people there, which there were. But I'm telling you, man, with what looked like an easy two to 250 people, there were probably about five people, including myself, non-employees of any establishment there who were wearing masks. 
And it just, I guess seeing that for me, Walker, really, really cemented the impact of this thing. Cause I'm like, dude, why, why, why aren't, why aren't y'all taking this more seriously? Like, why are y'all out here just, you know, being socially regular, like we're not in a pandemic? And why are y'all up on top of each other? Why is anybody spaced out? And wear the mask, right? Like, have do y'all know what's going on? Do you know you're in a public place? Do you know you're in an enclosed uh, facility with a lot of people, you know, crowded in? But you know, I guess most people just don't care. But uh, Walker, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. I've changed my tone, Walker. I care a lot more than I did say 60 days ago. Um, these numbers these numbers impact me. This is where we live and all this is going on around me and i i felt bad because i'm just so just so oblivious to it and i don't like feeling that way dude 2020 has been a one big social experiment like it's it's interesting to see who has a high regard for life and other people's lives oh, goodness and so it, it just like COVID, just like racism mm. we only care unless it affects us personally right and so it's just easy. It's interesting to see just human nature, how selfish we can actually be and how much, how much it, we care about our personal comfort than our overall well-being. Like it's uncomfortable to, to have restrictions and for you to have to stay home, right? You want to get back to life as you knew it, where you might be easy, free, but the reality of the, of the, of the matter is that's not the case. And maybe we can get back there if we follow the instructions. But again, that's, that's, I'm just one person. Like the right. next person may not feel that way, you know? So have yeah, you, it's, have, it's interesting. Have you been watching the numbers from like New York and California? Yeah. They've been going. Let me, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. How do you feel about President Trump's decision to pull federal funds from coronavirus testing sites? Did you hear about that? I did. I did hear about that. I didn't read any more than the headline. So um, this is not an educated opinion. This is just off the cuff. But I just I, I can't see where this makes sense, considering everything that's happening right now. Like make sense of it for me. I can't make sense of it either. And again, if we want to talk what we think, like, again, you, you have you have Republicans questioning this decision. Mm. And it's almost as if what it appears to be from because you know everything is so politicized. It's almost if if my numbers if I can slow down the number of te like the testing, then we can we can stop reporting on the high number of cases. The higher the number of cases, the the worse I look. And so it almost seems it it appears to be. I don't know, but it appears to be very selfish on his part because he's politicizing it. At least that's what it looks like from my vantage point. Right. And so, again, we know just because, you know, just in our own personal lives, just because I ignore it doesn't mean it goes away. Right. In fact, it gets worse. If people aren't getting tested and they have coronavirus and they're going about their regular everyday lives, how would they know if they're passing it on to other people? who are who have weaker immune systems so bro it's wild one big social experiment in my opinion let me just say before we go to your next topic i am here jefferson county i mean i really don't have a choice but um just know that your man gad's going to be masked up for more than just the grocery store so yeah
Okay. All righty. Um, shall we discuss Bubba Wallace and NASCAR? Yeah, let's let's talk about discuss the cover. trash. Let's talk about the cover up. Let's go. Hot take cover up. Co- what's what's covered up? Enlighten me. Because by uh, the way, we don't even have to set this up. Everyone, no, no this one's teed up already. We we all swinging yeah. swinging for the fairway on this one. What's the cover up? I'm, I'm I'm you you got my attention again. Okay, so I'm I'm just I'm gonna just explain to you from from what I heard. Um, I guess the the most hurtful for me was was the defense of this being a garage rope, garage door rope, pull down um, rope. Say it again. Pull down rope. Pull down rope. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> Walker, this is extra. But w- as I'm hearing this, and I know I don't drive NASCAR at all. But my garage, Walker, I look at the rope. <laughs> I got a garage door rope at our house. You know, it's red. You know, I'm just thinking. Okay, the the primary function of this is to assist the um, electric garage door opener if it were ever to fail, and you've got a mechanism that you can use to lift and lower the garage door. Right? It's a it's a it's a rope. Um, never once has that rope ever be, ever been displayed in a noose type of fashion right so did you see the picture of it i did dude that's a noose i and, and yeah. here's why it's a cover-up because you you there's some power at b i don't know who it is but there's some power at b who has to who feels like they have to defend either the fans of nascar or nascar itself because i, I gotta get i gotta give to nascar I think NASCAR has been very active in this. I think they've they've taken a lot of action, which I do respect and I appreciate. However, uh, NASCAR is under fire too by a good percentage of its fan base because of their actions, right? So I, I believe, considering those thoughts, there was a cover-up mechanism uh, deployed. On the, uh, part of the FBI? Part of the FBI to, to save... Okay. This, is, this sounds so cons- conspiracy-drift, but to in in essence not turn everyone against nascar in concern of how it could impact an already struggling economy because think about it man at that race at talladega you know i think they i think they limited to 10 10, people but everybody mm-hmm. that can get in got in and beyond that everybody who you know did not want to socially distance in the in the outfield or whatever and continue to have the nascar talladega party that happens with every race they showed up too and they they were putting their money into NASCAR, so I think and this is just my opinion. I think those factors help fuel the cover up. In my humble opinion, I don't know how else you can defend it. Interesting. I don't know if I have a take on that, because um, I don't know. I, I mean, you can only speculate. Walker, you do know. You know what the noose looks like. No, I'm talking about the cover up part. Oh, okay. Well. Yeah. I'm talking about the cover apart. No, I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, it was definitely a new. I mean, NASCAR confirmed it was a news. What surprised me was NASCAR fans' reaction. They're not mm. all monoliths. So you got NASCAR fans who've been supportive of NASCAR's decision to remove the Confederate flag, uh, their support of Bubba Wallace and reaching out and saying, hey, this was this is a noose. We need to bring in someone to investigate. We do not stand by this. This is this doesn't reflect our values. Like salute to them, and there are NASCAR fans who support that. But I was very—I won't say surprised. I was—it was actually interesting to see 
NASCAR fans who had a problem with this and for those to attack Bubba Wallace as a result of this. And it, to me, it just really, you know, it's almost like people saying, you know what, I know my flies is 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 unbuttoned. I know my fly is open. I'm just going to walk out with my fly. Like, it, like people are so comfortable showing their racism on putting their racism on full display, you know? And so it's, it's, again, I was looking at comments on social media and it was just like, wow, like, wow. I'm, I mean, I'm with it's you. 2020. Yeah, dude. That 2020, 2020 continues. Yeah. And this is America. Jeez. No. Yeah. And that's, that's, it's really all I like. My thing is part of me. I don't even know if I can say I'm relieved. Um, I feel for Bubba because all he ever did was try to stand up and do the right thing. And it's been a it's been a very chaotic past couple of weeks for him. Right. So you know, my thoughts are with him, and uh, I, I stand I stand by Bubba Wallace. Oh, absolutely. Um, he, he's in a he's in a sport where that has not traditionally rolled out the red carpet for people who look like. Come like on, us, man. come on. So for him to be in that, for him to be, it's almost like you know, you want to support the guy, you want to make sure you know, you want to support him, and so I stand with him. And uh, he's in my thoughts, man. I, I, I just, I know that could be a lot. You know, you ask me from a mental health standpoint, how do I feel with Whoa. what I have to carry? Think about him and what he has to deal with in the past few weeks. It's been a lot. Yeah, for sure. So. Back on you, bro. Okay. Uh, let's go to 45. 45 came out late Friday and said, you know what? For federal jobs, we don't care if you have a degree. We want skills over education. Discuss your trash. I want to trash this so bad. Go with your heart, Walker. Don't let me influence you. Um, let's discuss this. It'd be very brief. Let's discuss this and be real brief. I see a problem with this. Let's go. Let's go. Because now I have good authority to ignore the black candidate or female candidate who has all the credentials on paper that tells me I should hire this person. This person will be an asset. Now I have good authority to practice discrimination. And it's going to be difficult to prove because we're no longer looking at a person's merit or qualifications anymore. That's bogus. Your thoughts. Excellent. Those are my thoughts. Back on me. This is getting scary, Walker, because it's like you've got access to what's in here and you (laughs) took it and you spat it out like perfectly. I have nothing else to add to that. Thank you. Let's move on. Uh, Sean King's tweet about why Jesus being a a tool or being an example of white supremacy and that all of white Jesus statues should come down. First off, did you hear about this? I did not hear about this. Okay, let's let's touch Show on this, Walker. Trash? Yeah, let's touch on this. Huh? This this, this, this let's oh. touch on this. I'm intrigued. So Sean King has been in the news this past week. Uh, we know Sean King, activist. Um, looks like a light skinned brother, but he's white. 
but he's a Morehouse grad and champions black people, which I can appreciate that. Um, he posted on the 22nd on Twitter. Yes, all murals and stained glass windows of white Jesus and his European mother and their white friends should also come down. They are a gross form of white supremacy created as tools of oppression, racist propaganda. They should all come down. You know what else came down? What's that? The swift backlash mm. as a result of him posting that. Your thoughts, Gat? I'm, I'm going to tell you what first came to mind. Um, you've seen the, and I, I wish I could say it in Portuguese, um, but you've seen the famous Jesus Christ statue in Brazil that stands mm-hmm. above the mountains and you know overlooks the city with with the depiction of Jesus in his arms outstretched, right? Um, okay. I just had a, as you said that, I had a visual of that coming down, and that that was hard for me to deal with. Um, conversely, Walker, I uh, I will say that I agree with Sean and his sentiments. I, I don't I don't know if I would take it as far as to say all the all the statues and the monuments come down, but I, unless I've got a version uh, that not not other the other Christians do not have, you know, it's easy to <laughs> to put together considering where Jesus is said to have come from, what he probably could have looked like because. You know, thanks to the internet, you can go and Google <laughs> and see people from the Middle East and find out kind of what they look like. And um, I guess the, the 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 white Jesus depiction is so far from that. Um, it, it's 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 why it's easy for me to give Sean's uh, surface level sentiments value. Um, but yeah, I I I I hate saying this, Walker. But I, I feel like having all the statues and monuments come down is a reach. I do. I do honestly believe that. Does that make Does that make my sentiments hypocritical? You better believe it. Am I proud of that? No. Reach in what way? Um. Just again. Again. Like I like I opened up with. You, if you're gonna take them all down, you got to go to Brazil too. And this and 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 I guess it's, it's special for me because this is something I've wanted to see with my own eyes. And, and I'm not I'm not I'm not babying this Walker, but I, I had a close friend of mine who um who graduated from an Ivy League school and upon gra- his graduation, he went to Brazil. And you know, one of two things on his agenda was to see this this statue. And I remember him sharing pictures with me, and my skin Walker was kind of tingling, like, oh my goodness, you were there, you're at the base of it. And he had this picture looking up at it. And I was like, oh, Lord Jesus, you know, it did something to me. And I was like, I got to go see this with my own eyes as well at some point in my life. Um, so so for me, I guess emotionally and feely, I'm like, man, if you're going if you're going to call for all the statues and monuments to come down, you got to go for that one. And I just I don't like dealing with the reality of seeing that that monument come down. You have emotional attachment. Yeah. That, yeah. You, you simplified my words. Okay, um, but it's emotional attachment is something that at the at the crux of it I disagree with. That's weird. I don't know how to I don't know how to substantiate or support or defend that. Well, to clarify, because I, I saw Mike Huckabee give his comments about it. Just to be clear, Sean King isn't saying take Jesus down. 
He's saying take down statues depicting a white Jesus. That's what the one in Brazil is. Um. So even though Gatry loves white Jesus, the Brazilian version of white Jesus, (laughs) Brazil white Jesus, we're gonna call him Brazil white Jesus. Okay. Um. Let them people have their statue. Like I, I don't, you know. Again, we know Christianity. The Western version of Christianity is whitewashed, just like a lot of our American history is whitewashed. Come on, bro. And I think just like we do our history, we need to teach our people about about the Bible as it really was, not the westernized edition of it. So if they want to keep the statues and, and the stained glass windows of a white Jesus, let them have it. But as long as we're educating each other on what Jesus was really like, and we understand that, and that that undergirds our actual faith, that's what I'm for. Again, I, I we talked last week about symbolic change. And I said symbolic change is cool as long as it leads to systemic change. Because ultimately, that's what I want is systemic change. If we're going to fight white supremacy, yeah, the symbolism is cool, but the symbolism is is really pretty much evidence of a deeper systemic issue and problem, right? right. If we deal with the systemic issues, then the symbolism and stuff will probably end up taking care of itself. And as long as we're 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 pushing for systemic change, you can have you can have you can have white Jesus, you can have Brazil white Jesus, you can have you know, Mount Brook white Jesus. You can have a you can have as many white Jesus. I don't have a problem with white Jesus. I don't serve them, but I don't have a problem with white Jesus, mm-hmm. right? Okay. I serve authentic Jesus. So my thing is, is that let them have it. I I think we're we're spending a lot of time trying to take down statues, and let's push for some actual systemic change that will actually erode white supremacy. There you go. All right, Walker. My third and final topic for Dort. Um, very simply, Vince Carter announced his retirement from the NBA this past Thursday. Discuss or trash? Uh, let's trash it because he's my shout out. Is it back on me? He wasn't ready. He wasn't ready. (laughs) Oh, we'll do that together. Okay, buddy. All right. Athletes are testing positive for COVID. Both professional and collegiate. You're despicable. Discuss trash. You're despicable. You're despicable. What? You backed me into a corner what? with this. What are you talking Think about? Think about it, Walker. If I trash it, you're going to say, well, what about your opening comments about Jefferson County and the wearing the mask? Then, then, if, I discuss, then if I discuss it, it's what you want me to do. Game recognized game here, Walker. So what are we doing? I don't know. <laughs> Let's discuss. <laughs> I've gone with this topic by now. I absolutely <laughs> hate that you do this to me. <laughs> do what? Continue on, sir. I'll tell you later. So I believe it's 16 players, NBA players have tested positive for COVID. I think didn't a few Dallas uh Cowboys players test positive a Zeke? week or so ago? Zeke, Zeke? did. Who else? I don't know. I just know he was he was the main he one. He was like the ringleader, yeah. Okay. Um 
Clemson. Clemson had like 22 players. Clemson had a lot, yeah. LSU had some players. Mama had some. And I know Auburn. They I don't know the number. For, I, they haven't even said, but I know some Auburn players are just Sure. Just for sure fact that they're back doing summer workouts. I I know that has to be. I know players all around. They're just not reporting it. There you go. My question to you, Gatry. The NBA is actually, I think it amounted to 5% of their total players who've tested positive in their first rounds of testing. Uh, we know the NBA is going to make this thing work regardless. Yeah. But in terms of football in the fall, how do you feel? Honestly, we're going to have Walker, football in the not, fall. It's not going to happen. 60% of, of those thoughts that I shared with you have everything to do with me preparing myself for the worst. Um, so, uh, again, yeah, I'm just coming to this expecting the worst, like, okay, well, probably not gonna have it. If we do have a few games played, it'll be icing on the cake. I just can't see it, man. I can't see it. Not, not in a high contact sport like that. When, you know, droplets are going to be flying. They're, they're, they're just going to be. And you think about your, your, your primary precautionary method by way of mask. I've seen some, I've seen some, um, some renderings of what a helmet could look like that would reflect a face mask and you know my only question is where do you plug in the oxygen tank um you know like right it it just it doesn't seem realistic to me right now walker it i don't know you can you can shut the fans out you can tell the fans not to come but at the end of the day you're you're when your defensive unit is out there you essentially got to test them once they um force the offense to punt <laughs> you know you gotta you gotta be ready to stick that swab down their throat and you gotta have you know more immediate testing and same for the other side of the ball i just and, and then then if something were to happen if somebody were then you pause the game what, what do you do do you stop the game do you i mean what what there are too many there are too many variables at play here and that just makes me think with the complications that come with American football, it's just hard to justify anyone really having a season. Um, I agree. I agree. Um, that's all I got. Okay. <laughs> all right. I guess we'll close out. Sure. Sure. Um, Shout outs, player of the week. I shall go first with shout outs. Oh, I wonder who your shot. It's your fault. It is my fault. Uh, my shout out part. goes to Vince Carter. Gatry, would you have anything you, you know, he, Vince Carter announced his, his retirement from the NBA after 22 seasons as an NBA professional, which is mind boggling to me. Um, stoop just to be able to take care of yourself for so long like that. Um, any thoughts about in, any any flowers you want to give Vince Carter? Yeah, man. Um, you know, I don't know if you yeah you do know this. Uh, I I am a huge North Carolina basketball fan, and yes. Um, Vince Carter has a lot of um lot of memories professional professionally. You know, Air Canada. Arm in the rim, jumping over the Serbian guy. Um, <laughs> you know the list goes on, but you know, I, I can re- I can re- vividly recall Vince Carter's. Is he the first? Weiss was his name. Who? 
Seven foot two Frederick Weiss. Okay. That Jim Carter, that Vince Carter uh, dunk jumped and uh, dunked over. Okay, gotcha. In the Olympic game. Gotcha. Um, I can recall uh, some of Vince Carter's earlier dunks at Carolina, and these are memories that stick with me with him i mean no, no it's gonna be hard to top the arm in the rim and all these crazy 360s he did but i just i just the, the the reason those mean so much to me is because you just knew what you were witnessing you knew that there's greatness you know this man possessed greatness because he was just doing some wild stuff even at a collegiate level so um so yeah man storied career you know one one other hot take not hot take but one other fact you know, there is no player in the NBA right now that was drafted in the 90s now that Vince Carter's retired. Think about that, bro. Think about that. Wow. You know who the last one was before Vince? Who was it? Kobe Bean Bryant. Think let like let that marinate he's been in. Out of the league for a minute. Thank wow. you, dude. Thank you. Let that marinate. No one from the 90s is in the NBA right now. Hmm. So anyway, wow. I'm looking forward to his Hall of Fame speech. <laughs> you gotta put Joe VC. Johnson get uh, drafted. Joe Johnson? He's not. Yeah. He's not in the league though. I know, but I'm like, since has Joe played since Kobe retired? I thought he did. Oh, go look it up, bro. When he was <laughs> when he was fooling around with the Brooklyn Nets. No, he started in 2001. Okay. Nope. Well, thanks. So yeah. Um, Vince, I, I don't, I don't know, man. I, I've enjoyed watching this man play. Um, to be in the league that long, think, think how much the league has changed in twenty-two years, bro. Like, think about that. Gee whiz. So yeah, anyway, and, and, for him to, Vince was still giving work. Vince was still giving work with the Hawks, man. Vince was still putting in work. He was getting buckets. No doubt. No Sheesh. doubt. Just, just, you know what you said was was great. Um. Eight-time NBA All-Star. Mm. Um, we know him from the memorable slam dunk championship that he uh, that he won. Oh, uh, one of the best slam dunk performances all time. No question. Uh, um, known as one of the greatest dunkers of all time, if not the greatest dunker. Um, averaged a career average of 16.7 points per game. Uh, 19th all-time in the NBA in scoring. These are not slouching top numbers. Top 20. Here. Yeah. These are not slouching top numbers. Top 20. Um, and, of course, a gold medalist um, in the 2000 USA team where he had the most memorable highlight reel of that entire tournament by dunking over Frederick Rice, uh, as you previously mentioned. Um, this guy has been electric. He's been, and again, I've loved how he reinvented himself. He became a sniper of a shooter later in his career. Um, Jay. So uh, just in, impressed by his career, a great career. I, I, I hate that he didn't get the the um, the chance to end it on his terms um, in light of the pandemic. But nevertheless, Vince Carter has had an incredibly uh, decorated career um, and definitely a guy who will be missed a guy who we we loved his energy good attitude good good dude too just oh, yeah. interviews and stuff he did he just appeared to be a pretty solid guy so uh one time for vince carter oh goodness i'm slipping walker i'm over here shouting out legends and um mm-hmm. i have my sound effects ready Walker, okay. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you something a little different here in terms of my shout out. My shout out has 
has a subtle player of the week vibe but you know i'm, I'm proud of this man okay can can i continue on go for it thanks Talk to me. okay i'm shouting out mark chambers have you heard of him mark chambers yeah man he's a local guy no all right mark chambers uh, is a former mayor of carbon hill um he he resigned yesterday so i know you're thinking well, why are you shouting him out here we go walk i mean just, just walk with me here okay um you saw you saw the the video that alabama football put on um you know with the with the whole black lives matter narrative right um you know a lot of people were questioning the heartbeat of this message was it staged was it whatever you know uh, i i enjoyed the message i liked the message i endorsed it you know i've even put it on my ig i, I thought it was well done uh, but Mark, uh, Mark didn't care for it. Um, as he, he proclaims himself a longtime Bama fan, he put out a post on social media shortly after this, uh, this video kind of went viral through social media. And, um, you know what he said, Walker, I've got, I've got a ton of Alabama football autographs and Nick Saban memorabilia for sale. If anybody wants it, I'm done with Alabama football. So he didn't put any he didn't put any rhyme or reason to it, but considering this came at the heels of this message that was put out by Alabama Football Walker, you can use your high level of IQ to put two and two together here. So uh, Mark Mark started getting some heat on social media uh, from the from the proud members of Carbon Hill, which uh, led him to go ahead and resign yesterday. Here's why he's my shout out, Walker. Because I believe in this in this racially tense climate we we are in, um, I respect those who may have uh, opposing opinions of mine in terms of racial equality, and I have to I have to shout him out because he was at least honest honest enough about his feelings about this whole movement, and now we know who we need to avoid. You know, it's it's really the you know the snakes in this in this whole thing that's really gonna make us getting there really challenging. But Mark, Mark Chambers, thank you, man. Um, we went ahead and got you out of the way, or you got yourself out of the way, I'll say. But dude, I seriously respect you for um, I guess standing up what you believe in as messed up as it is. But thank you for um for you know letting us know. Okay, we know Mark's not riding for Black Lives Matter, so let's not worry about him. So Mark Chambers, you're my shout out. Put a little twist on that thing today, Walker. <laughs> well, I agree with pretty much everything you said about Mark Chambers. I have to, I have to say this: you clearly didn't have any other shoutouts that you could find. I um, did actually. Clearly, you were scraping the bottom of the barrel. No, I did. I just knew this was gonna gonna hit different, so I was like, man, let me mix it up. Okay. Congratulations. Thanks, bro. No problem. All right. Uh, player of the week. Um, I'll keep it going. I'll go first. The three people who, and I'll keep mine brief. I'm going to work on keeping these brief now. Um, player of the week goes out to three ex uh, North Carolina police officers, Jesse Moore, Kevin Piner, and Brian Gilmore. Now, periodically, the police department will do a random audit. Um, of the video cameras of police officers, right? As uh, as someone was reviewing 
uh, the audio camera, I believe it was for, let's see here, Kevin Piner, I believe, who was speaking with Moore. Uh, it was discovered that they were accused of violating standards of conduct, criticism, and use of inappropriate jokes and slurs. Now, you want to may want to know what was actually said. Right? Let me pull it up here. Bear with me. Okay. Piner told more during one of the recordings that he feels a civil war is coming is his response to Black Lives Matter. A civil war is coming and that he is ready. Piner went on to say that he was going to buy a new assault rifle and soon we're just going to have to go out and start slaughtering them effing blacks. I can't wait. God, I can't wait. Um, even though Moore responded that he wouldn't participate in that, uh, Piner then went on to tell Moore he felt a civil war was needed to wipe them off the effing map. That'll put them back about four or five generations. Pretty much the gist of what Piner uh, was saying. Um, but there's more conversations of just inappropriate slurs and things that they were saying that were caught uh, on audio or video. Um, and here's why, you know, they they lost their jobs, of course, for racist and threatening comments. But this is why black people, uh, for our white listeners, here's why this is right here is why a lot of black people are afraid of police officers. Uh, we know police officers aren't monoliths. Not all of them feel this way or have this attitude or mentality. But you just never know if you get pulled over, who's actually pulling you over. And for no one to die, but you to see the heart of these three officers, it leads you to question how many more out there feel this way. So to these three guys, uh, you've played yourself. And like Gatry, shout out. It's good to know where you stand on these issues so we can avoid you at all costs. So that's all I got to say. All right. I'll raise your uh, player of the week and I'll bring you Ryan Snow, who's in a similar capacity as these three gentlemen you just named. Um, former Hoover police officer Ryan Snow, um, he found a picture of an armed uh, black pro- protester in Atlanta and um doctored that picture up to put crosshairs on him and um when asked uh and i want to i want to get this right when asked you know in in one of the comments or the captions what what's next now that we have black people out here armed that are protesting ryan's uh comments were excel feel pause and press steadily um loosely depicting him lining up his weapon of choice on the crosshairs of this black um this black protester and uh, executing him so uh, i just want to echo oh, you sounds nice <laughs> i want to echo your sentiments um and i hate to sound like a broken record here but you have to understand this is why a level of anxiety is brought to people like walker and i when we are pulled over by police because we just don't know what we're getting so um, here's how you played yourself, Ryan. Like I said, former Hoover PD 
um, the chief of police for Hoover, who's been under fire about a lot of things going on in terms of the, the protesting in Hoover. He acted swiftly and got Ryan up out of here. So, um, you know, I, this is part of this is part of my uh, confliction uh, about what we talked about in the opener. Like, you know, it for, for me, it just feels like there's no other consequence than to have him lose his job based on stuff he put on social media. But, you know, I guess in this capacity, it's easy to agree across the majority of of decent humans, I should say, that these comments were not right. Like, how do you how do you justify and say, oh, th th this is this is what I meant? You know, like, I don't I don't know what what leg Ryan has to stand on there. Um, this is pretty black and white. No yeah. Intended. yeah. So um, Ryan Snow, man, uh, unemployment rates at a all time high now. Um, so I guess you can get in line with everybody else to see what you can scrape up. So anyway. Player of the week, Ryan Snow. All right, yeah, you got anything else, bro? That's all I got, man. Okay. Um. Well, I guess it's time for Walker's word of the week, and that word is to continue. Uh, the word is continue. Continue to advocate for those cops who killed Breonna Taylor to be brought to justice. As the protests are starting to settle down and and the unrest is starting to kind of feel its way out a little bit, Breonna Taylor's murderers are still walking these streets free. They may be unemployed, but they're still free. And what we need to keep in mind about this is that Breonna Taylor is not around. She's not around to continue to be an EMT and 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 live out her dreams and, and whatnot. She's she's gone. So if she's gone, then we still need justice for her and her family. And one of the ways that you can do that is you can go to justiceforbriana.org and they have a, a way for you to take all sorts of actions to lobby uh, for justice on her behalf. And I encourage each and every one of us to do that. Um, I'm not gonna stop until just so there's justice for her and um, my thoughts and prayers continue to be with her and her family uh, during this difficult time um, I can only imagine what they're dealing with but let's do our part to ensure justice for Breonna Taylor's family and let's continue to live responsibly and with that get the doors of the church of the tipping point podcast are open let us stand and let us go in peace uh have a wonderful week and guys enjoy your fourth um you know we celebrated june Ju juneteenth recently uh, that was our liberation day uh but enjoy family um as you can responsibly be responsible to gat's point earlier stay safe and uh have a great wonderful week and uh, as always thanks for tuning in this is the tipping point podcast